Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we have back the fabulous Mark Ostrin from Strategic Transactions and we're talking all about digging into a new tool for determining how fit businesses are are for sale. Now, Mark is the Director of Strategic Transactions who work in the food and beverage, health and beauty and technology space to make businesses more valuable and he then takes them to market. So I think this will be a really interesting discussion today as we dig into this new tool and some market insights that have come from its use so far. So, Mark, welcome on board. Good to have you. Fabulous to be back again. This is my third time and uh, great to talk to you again. I was just looking on my phone this morning. You've done 120 podcasts. Oh, wow. Isn't that? And that's just here. I've also got Talking Law that's done about yeah, another 100 as well. So, it's, uh, it's who, who knew when I started that we'd, we'd get to this sort of number? <laughs> I have to continually congratulate you on your quality and your consistency. Oh, Mark, thank you. Longevity. I mean, you <laughs> really are like world number one in what you're doing at the moment. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, I absolutely love it. I love I love the discussions and, uh, you know, I love the insights that I get and, you know, all of my guests bring on so many different perspectives that I just feel I'm the one who benefits most and it's just super cool that then that I can then share it widely. And I'm still, you know, these days I often walk into a space where there's people in the industry and, and they'll often say, hi, I listen to your podcast and that just blows me away. It's just crazy, you know, to think that we can get reach and and that, you know, I guess we're serving a bit of a hopefully useful purpose out there as well. Look, I think we've all benefited from this. I mean, the way that we've all learnt about each other's expertise and professional skills has just been fantastic throughout the whole industry. Thank you. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, Mark, that's so sweet. <laughs> okay, well, look, let, let's launch into it. So today we're talking about this new tool that you've developed for determining how fit businesses are for sale. And I think this is, um, it's just such a great um, thing to to have somewhere that, you know, something that's automated so that businesses can just jump in and get a bit of an idea of where maybe they've got gaps if they're thinking about exiting the future. Because I think this education piece for businesses that are heading into exit is mm. is the one thing that is massively lacking. And of course, that's, that's why I've put together this podcast in part, because I've seen a massive information gap. But I think tools like what you've created you know, are just really important for filling that information gap. Oh, thank you for that. And is that why you designed it? Like what what was the idea behind it? Maybe if you can give us a little bit about, you know, what it is and then why you designed it. Number of things. First of all, I love doing quizzes. I, I love. I mean, I, I used to sit there at the week, the weekend with my with my partner doing travel quizzes from the Sydney Morning Herald. So I've always loved. <laughs> quizzes. 
I'm going to make no comment. <laughs> I like travel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you know how it is when you really know something and you've got and you're competing against somebody in a travel quiz. You know, you feel sort of motivated to sort of show off your skills. And I thought, well, I, I wonder if the owners sort of want to do the same kind of thing to show what kind of grip they've got on their, their business. Mm. That's the positive side of things. Now, the, the negative side of things, and I've got to be honest with you here, and I don't know if you found this, Joanna, or not, but. I'm finding that the readership though, of articles that you post on uh, platforms like, like LinkedIn seems to be declining. Yeah, 100%. Yep. And I'm wondering whether people have, are just absolutely over this whole concept of having some, you know, self-interested consultant, you know, writing this, writing these four or five paragraphs on how you can improve this and that how they can do things better, you know. I'm just wondering whether that's a that's a phenomenon now that's gone. And I thought, well, let's put a kid's quiz together. That way people can sit there, they can fill in the questions, and then they can see for themselves, all right, what's good about their business and what isn't. And they can yeah. find out before the due diligence people come in and do it for them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, absolutely, 100%. And, and so have you had much feedback from people who've gone through the quiz yet in terms of anything that they've found surprising coming out of the quiz? Well, well the, I think the, the main feedback I got from somebody a couple of days ago said, I didn't realise my business was such crap. <laughs> Note here, if you're going to do the quiz, we're not suggesting you're going to find out your business is crap. <laughs> um, sorry, just an observation here. I, I've looked at hundreds of businesses over the last 10 years or so. Most businesses are crap. Most businesses are a bit rubbish, yeah? Most yep. businesses, most companies are held together with a proverbial chicken wire and gaffer tape and, mm. peop- and entrepreneurs only think, that other entrepreneurs are doing really well and they're not doing really, really well. And it's only when we all come together and talk with each other, we all realise that we've all got similar kinds of problems. That's, mm. the, that's the big secret. Mm. So what are these similar sorts of problems then? Well, I guess we can talk, you know, outside of the quiz, but also inside of the quiz. So let's talk about inside of the quiz at the moment. Yeah. Has it revealed anything to you that was a little bit surprising? Look, there was um, a number of things that really, really did stun me, both in a good way and in a bad way. I'm going to share a couple of these things with you because I know that you're personally interested in them as well. But Do it. Yeah. What we did was the quiz is, I typically break down the the assets of a business into eight. So I'm looking at eight aspects of the business, financial, the product side of the business, the customer side of the business, the people, the systems that they have, uh, their competitiveness, the branding of the business, and the intellectual property. Mm -hmm. So the quiz basically comprises of a few questions in each of them. And I've made it really, really simple. I've got you know, multiple choice, and there's really only three answers. And ask various questions, and I've tried to make some of the, the some of the questions a little bit creative, give people a bit of a, a laugh, etc. But I have had some, I guess, some depressing and some interesting insights as well. Do you want me to share? Wow. A few? Okay. Yeah. Um. How about we go interesting first, and then we'll go depressing later. <laughs> I'm an optimist. Let's start with the interesting. <laughs> interesting later. Okay. I think you're going to love this one. Oh, good. I'm ready. Based on a lot of the great work that you do outside your own business, 48% of business owners said that their employees 
would regard the business as being ethical and being driven by causes beyond mere profit. Oh, that's fabulous. I mean, that's fabulous. But the only thing I just look at that statistic and I say, shit, that means 52% of businesses then feel that then not ethical and being driven by just profit or the main thing of profit. So isn't that, I mean, that that's really interesting, isn't it? I'm, you, you know, I'm glad we're at least at 48%, but there's still a lot of room, isn't there? Absolutely. But don't forget also, this is, this is a trending upwards figure. You look at the, a lot of the market research that's been done on millennials. Millennials much prefer to work for businesses that have got a social conscience. Mm-hmm. And also there is that statistical correlation and causation between doing good and actually being more profitable. Oh, that's fabulous. I just love that saying. That, that's just absolutely awesome. So, and, and it's really nice then that, as you say, this is something that we can look at and say, well, look, here's a way that you can actually increase the performance of your business by doing good. So, and, you know, in terms of your being able to create a vision. I think the important thing is to back this up you know, organisations now have access to much, much cleverer and more organised ways to actually give as well. And I'm thinking really specifically of the B1G1, yeah. Um, yeah. the, the yeah. growth in the enormous number of people that are using B1G1 as part yeah. of their, their giving. Yeah, which we are a massive, massive advocate of. So, um, you know, it's good to give B1G1 a bit, bit of a plug here because they're, they're just such an amazing platform. But the point here is that businesses who are aware of that and using platforms are just do, doing whatever, you know, it is that works for them. Yes. To think about something outside of mere profit and to think about something that creates a vision that not not just their staff, but certainly their staff, but their staff and their their clients and their you know business partners can can get on board with is a really positive thing. So that what an awesome thing to come out of the study. Okay, I love that one. You're right. I did like that point. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the next one, Mark? What other insights? I put a, a couple of j- uh, joking ones in just to see how they went. This I found quite interesting. I've written a, a question here that said many of our senior and middle managers perform below average, but I've not let them go because of loyalty and dependence on them. Wow. And what was the result for that? 17%. 17%. 17%. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah, right. Close to one in five uh, of managers should not be around. Yeah, mm. yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a really good point, you know, to get people to really check in to hopefully just the process of answering that question, you know, shines a bit of light on the business owners that, that are, you know, going through the quiz process. Yeah, absolutely. Can I share a couple more more, more things with you? I'd love them. Share share away, share away. Okay, again, this really validates my reason for wanting to give, uh, wanting to produce this quiz. Only 33% of businesses agreed that many of their larger competitors within the industry would find them an attractive acquisition pr- uh, prospect. Wow, okay, all right. So two out of three would not believe that they're, company was sellable. Wow. Isn't that interesting? And of course, like then they're cutting out a large component of perhaps an even more profitable part of the acquisition market if they're cutting out being sold to a larger competitor. Why is that, do you think, Mark? What is the reason that 
two out of three don't think they'd be an attractive acquisition prospect by larger competitor. They haven't thought about it, to be honest with you. I mean, it's all right for, you know, for people like you and me to, you know, to bang the drum of exit planning and, and the like. But, you know, we still are in our infancy with regards to sort of having this as a recognized industry. You know, this is in spite of the fact that, you know, the the market sector that you and I deal with, the average age of, a, of an owner is 58 years old. So we've got mm. these baby boomers all looking for exits um, over the next few years. And I think also, to be honest, with the mentality of a lot of business owners is, and though it shouldn't be, I've bought myself a job. Mm. And that's quite frightening when it comes to the, the, the mid-market. I'm actually, uh, maybe I'll get your advice on this, Diana. I'm actually toying with asking another question. The question is, would I earn more, the same or less, if I now worked in a middle management job in a mid-sized company? Oh, that's a good one, Mark. Add that in. Yeah. Uh, I think so. And here's another one to go with it. Would I earn more, the same or less, than I do now per hour if yeah. I worked in a middle management job in a mid-sized company? But I guess, you know, the other component, the other component to add on to this, and, and, you know, this is probably in the information that you're providing them post-survey, but mm. the business owners are building this asset as a business. And, and you, you know, mm. it, it is absolutely important that they're focused on, you know, what is their return now? And, and I think quite often they'll focus on, you know, I'm building this value for myself to one day exit in the future to get yeah. to this like massive pot of gold that I believe I've created. And then that's when the real disappointment comes in when, you know, the yes. advisors get on board and say, okay, well, like the reality is in the market. It's, you, you know, the value isn't where you thought it was. And so then that's why it becomes really important for us to focus on that. Well, what are you taking out now in comparison to where you could be? But I guess yeah. the other component that really interlays into this is, okay, if you're not getting as much now um, as you would be or, or, you know, you're on par or not getting enough of an uplift for the extra sort of time, emotion <laughs> and attention that you give your business, that if you were uh, an employee, it's yeah. about, well, how do you make that payday the best deal of your life, you know, like how do you then turn that payday when you sell your business into something that really shoots the lights out that makes it all worthwhile? Other than obviously, hopefully you're building your business in an ethical way. And Absolutely. <laughs> Look, you've, you've got me on my, you've got me on my pet topic. I love this sort of SME space so much. I, you know, if, you know, I, I, I'm a, as you can tell from my accent, I'm a pom. Just like you, and, um, I did pick it. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I'm very, I'm very grateful for the lifestyle I have here. I'd like my kids and grandkids to enjoy the same kind of lifestyle. And the only way that we're going to do that is we have, you know, is we have entrepreneurs. We have great entrepreneurs that build fantastic businesses. You know, we can't trust, we can't trust the mining companies to to keep us rich, and we certainly can't trust the, you know, the oligopolies, whether they're, you know, Colesworth or the banks or anything like that, because then, you know, they're not, they're looking after their, their shareholders rather than actually thinking towards the future. And so it has to be, it has to be the entrepreneurs. Now, an entrepreneur is going to be far more motivated to start a business and go through all the hassle if they know at the end, you know, there's this, there's this rainbow, there's this pot of gold. And so yeah. we have to be continually working on bringing this, bringing entrepreneurs in. And the only way that we can do that is to show at the end of all the heartache, it's happy days. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And and hopefully a little bit of happiness on the way through. We'll try. (laughs) Um, Now, I I think one of the questions that you have in your quiz relates to the operational impact of being forced to remove yourself as a business owner for the business from a month or two. Can you tell me what's the upshot of the answers to that question at the moment? I'm really interested to hear. Oh, God. Okay. Um, you, the, I think the question you're referring to was, if I were forced to remove myself from the business for a month or two, the operational impact would be catastrophic, 54%. Wow. And what were the options? So it could be catastrophic or... Catastrophic, min- look, I'll, I need to think back to that. I think the one would be minimal. What One would be, one was minimal. Uh, the second one was problematic. And the third was uh, catastrophic. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Okay. And so this is where I think real work needs to be done with businesses, you know, to free, because then the value and the asset that you have in your business is just constantly under this massive cloud of risk, isn't it? You know, for all of these businesses that are in the 54%. Absolutely. And if if I can point out something as well, the sample at the moment is actually the sort of the the medium-sized business rather than the smaller business. So it's not Mm. like an owner with with two or three employees saying, Mm. well, I can't go on holiday. We're Mm. talking here now about an owner uh, a management team, maybe small, maybe three, four people in the management team, and still the owner hasn't handed over the reins sufficiently so that, you know, they could go on a, a cruise from probably not a good example at the moment. But I was going to say. <laughs> well, they'll be out for more than a month then, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a slip of the tongue there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the, the owner couldn't effectively cut themselves off for a month um, and not yeah. sort of feel that when they came back, the, the, you know, the business was a smouldering wreck. Again, probably not, an, not another good example either. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so and I recall there was a question that related to problems or, or how the organisation deals with problems um, if, they occur with their customers. So, you know, problems or faults with the products and services. What what was the response that you got in your survey to that question? It actually surprised me that nearly 60% of business owners actually admitted that their clients uh, will not get high quality support when they encounter faults or difficulties with their products and services. All right. 60% of owners. Now, Bearing in mind that owners tend to be sort of fairly optimistic um, about um, about their products and services, I think that's a stag- an absolutely staggering admission, an absolutely mm. staggering admission. I, and I have to say, you know, I mean, good luck to the 60% that were honest about it. But, you know, I look at some of the biggest businesses in the company and think to myself, you know, they could make life for their customers so, you know, so easy mm. if... If they only thought from the customer's perspective about um, about the the, the, the issues of, of, of service and support, I mean, yesterday I don't mean to bag uh, I don't mean to bag bag Optus out, but I spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month with Optus. Okay, mm. so when I go to the Optus web, website, there's a good chance that I'm mainly going to be interested in either getting some sports or something, or working out why my network's down, or something like that. Right now, they know they should know me. So by the time I get to the Optus website, they should know who I am. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. when I've logged in. But 
every but every time I go, they're trying to sell me a smartphone. Now I already bought, I've already bought my iPhone 11. So why am I going to need another smartphone? <laughs> you know, I want. You know, I'm there for support now. That's why I'm visiting them. Yeah. So, and 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 I guess this is a little bit about sort of having empathy for your clients and being able to, you know, understand what it is that they're actually after in, you know, different parts of the buying process or, or transaction process that they're in. But it's interesting. Like many of these questions um, that you've talked about are actually like really good, important questions, but interestingly, quite often not driven into by buyers who are looking at assessing a business. So I just wonder, you know, to what extent this is actually quite a a useful, interesting quiz for buyers out there as well in terms of giving them, you know, discussion points in terms of drilling into understanding where the holes are and the businesses that they're looking at purchasing, they're a bit outside of the normal, say, for example, due diligence list that mm-hmm. they might be going through. Uh, it just as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking, hmm, maybe, maybe this is a really good tool for buyers as well. Yes, and you've given me a great idea for another quiz there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's in here, though, Mark. I think, I think the thing yeah. is, like, there's two comments I, I have about the quiz as a whole. I, th- I think the point is if you're about to head to market, there's not a lot that you can do about these these items. You know, like if you're just, if you, you're listing tomorrow, yeah, it's too late for you to remedy some of these things. So the real point is if you're thinking about selling in three to five years or 10 years' time, like now is when right. it's worthwhile for you to get in and just start yes. thinking about what are some of these you, you know, what are some of these changes that you could make? And maybe we'll just have a quick quick chat about how making changes in these areas changes the value of a business. Okay. But on the flip side, you know, my second point is maybe a really good, um, a, an insight out of this as well is, is making it easy for buyers to understand more deeply the business that they're looking at buying outside of the traditional due diligence areas for an SME, which mostly just focus on financial first, obviously, and then, Mm. you know, if you're lucky, a bit of legal DD. But a lot of Mm. SME acquisitions don't don't look deeply at things outside the financial, uh, quite often don't look deeply at things outside of financial and and legal. So I, I think this sort of quiz could be really useful to help them, uh, you know, assess their, um, you know, businesses that they're buying. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's go a bit scientific though with this because this is an interesting point you raised. Um, I'm I'm going to advocate to you, having sort of come on this 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 podcast in order to flog the quiz, that maybe this quiz. <laughs> Uh, that maybe not not flog it because it's free. Um, but 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 let's just actually look at this. There's two types of buyer. Mm. All right. There's a there's a we've got a financial buyer and we've got a strategic buyer. Now, Joanna, you decide tomorrow that um, you don't want to uh, be a be a legal person anymore. You want to go and buy a food business. All right. You have no previous association with the food in food industry. You just want to go and buy a healthy snack food product. Yeah. Mm. Which, which you want to sell. Now, this quiz is going to be interesting 
to you because you're going to because basically you don't have any association with the food industry at the moment all you basically want is a, a good quality business that's not going to give you too much hassle and that's achieving steady growth rates so mm -hmm. you are going to be really interested in these eight assets and what the business scores for it yeah mm. okay Absolutely. now now in, instead of you now being a um, being Joanna you're going to be uh, a mergers and acquisitions manager at Nestle. Mm. All right? Now, you're looking at this small package snack food, healthy snack food manufacturer, okay? You don't actually care, to be honest with you, certain aspects of the business, all right? Mm. You don't care about the management manufacturing facility for this small business because all you're going to do is close it down anyway, aren't you? Because you're going to manufacture it under Nestle, mm. right? So you're not, you're not interested in their systems or in their processes. You're probably not particularly interested in their people because you're going to have your own people in there. You're not interested in their plant and equipment. What you're basically going to be interested in is, is, is the things like the brand, mm. yeah? To what extent could you take that brand and have it become um, an Nestle brand? You're interested in the product assets. So, for example, you... Um, uh, say you work for Peters, all right, and you wanted to buy Connoisseur ice cream. You say, oh, that's great. Connoisseur has got this fantastic niche in the market. I'm not just going to sell tubs now. You know, I'm going to sell in a stick and I'm going to sell Empire flavor and Wattle flavor and I'm going to expand all these different product offerings that we can produce based on this great brand name, this Connoisseur brand name. So you're a strategic buyer. So you're not actually interested in the scores of a lot of these businesses. And so Let's now rewind to how the seller should think of it. The first question the seller needs to ask before they start improving their business is to say, who is going to buy me in five years' time or in mm. 10 years' time or whenever, all right? That's the first question. And it's only then when they realize that it's going to be Joanna Oki, the tree changer, rather than Joanna Oki, the um, M&A manager for Nestle, that's going to buy them, do they actually start improving their business? Mm. And that, that's a key issue. Yeah, that's a really good point. And so we've talked about some of the insights in terms of the interesting sort of data that has come out of the quiz. And, and, and presumably out of the quiz, the businesses who are taking it can get a bit of self-assessment themselves and a bit of insight into where their strengths are and where their weaknesses are as well. But then I guess what's the next step and what's the lead time that, that you think businesses need to give in terms of once they've done this, they work out what the issues are. So where do they take that insight, I guess? What do they do? So, they, so, so they've got this scorecard back and it says a whole bunch of 40% on it. What do they do next? Yeah. Okay. First of all, they need to know what their time horizon is before exiting. Then they need to know who the buyers are potentially going to be. And then they need to think, and this is, a, this is an exercise that's best done with a, with a third party. They need to say, what are those buyers going to be looking, looking at for in five years' time? Mm. All right. So they almost need to do a, you know, a, a Porter's Five Forces model to say, what are the impacts in the industry going to be in five years? What's the industry going to look like? What's, what are buyers going to be looking for, et cetera? and then really decide the, decide on the, the, the shape of that business. Now, they may need to grow uh, organically. 
They may need to form ventures or partnerships. They may even need to, need to acquire a smaller businesses. But they're, they're aiming towards this target and this target's moving. And this is really where the outside insights of the consultants that regularly listen to your podcast and, and my business uh, Fit for Sale in particular really, really come in to give them this sort of outsider's view, this ability to sort of brainstorm, the ability to, to create a bit of vision for the business and to use the, the, you know, that, that awfully often quoted mantra, no, to work it on the business rather than in the business. Mm, absolutely. Which, you know, is the, um, the aim of many, uh, many entrepreneurs, but so much harder to, uh, to, to get in practice, I guess. So uh, I guess there's a benefit of working with consultants. Absolutely. But, hey, the, the, the upside is, you know, and a lot of the analysis I've done, um, there's been something like, just in, you know, just in food and beverage, um, technology platform and health and beauty, uh, small and medium-sized businesses, there's been something like two or 300 of them that have been purchased by uh, publicly listed companies, both in Australia and overseas within the last three years. So there is, if you get it right, there is a massive, massive payoff. And, you know, and that payoff can be seven, eight, nine, ten times uh, profit as a valuation. Mm, absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, look, that was just fabulous, Mark. Thanks for walking us through the quiz. I guess the question that is obvious next is how do people find the quiz? So, so firstly, it's a free quiz. We should have said that in the beginning. Yeah. So, so it's, quiz. Oh, and more important than that, it's anonymous. Oh, right. We're not, okay. We're not, sucking, we're not sucking people's email addresses and then bombarding them with junk forevermore. It's yeah. absolutely anonymous. What, what I really want, you know, what I really want to do this is to aggregate some scores and really get some feel about the way the markets are moving. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fabulous. So, um, how do people find the quiz? You're going to put that 100%, on your Hundred percent, I am absolutely. It, <laughs> it's it's a long URL, is it? <laughs> well, it, it's one of these bitly things that goes upper score J forty one, you know, lower right. score M, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, it it won't on. be in a few weeks' time, but I need to master that first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. Well, so for now, just head to your show notes and we will link straight through to that quiz if you're interested in trying it out yourself or if you have clients that you think would really benefit from having a bit of a deeper insight into, um, you, you know, the areas of their business that relate to um, the things that they should be looking at to understand whether or not their business is fit for sale. And once again, um, I, I don't know if we've actually even talked about this, but but the areas of people, customers, products, financial, IP brand, competitive and systems. So they're all of the areas that um, you you review in this uh, quiz, Mark. I, I do. And look, a, a lot of the work that I do do with my customers actually involves working with consultants. And I know you have a lot of consultants tuning into this yeah, podcast. Yeah, we do. Yep. Yeah. That have specialist skills in, um, you know, HR or branding or IP or something like that. And so really, this is as much a call from my perspective to to get to know people who are listening who have specialist skills in in, in, in one or more of those areas. So that when I have clients that score low in one of those areas, uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not, a, I'm not an IP specialist. I'm not an HR specialist. And, you know, I'd love, I'd love to, to, to form partnerships. I think you know, partnerships are what the world's all about now. And so, if people want to work with me to um, improve the value of 
a particular business that I'm um, involved in, you know, here I am. Yeah, fabulous. Okay, all right. Well, look, that's excellent, Mark. Thank you very much for um, coming on to the show today. And um, just as a comment, if people go to your website, can they get to the quiz from there as well? They will be by the time this podcast is broadcast. <laughs> and I guess for you, the market, the good news is I'm well planned. We're quite a bit ahead at the moment. By the time you're listening to this, if you go to strategictransactions.com.au, you'll be able to find there a link straight through the quiz. But, of course, you will also be able to find it in the show notes. Well, Mark, I just want to say a massive thank you for coming on to the show today. It's been great having you. Thank you. Oh, the other way to do it, of course, is to say, um, is to Google, is your business fit for sale? Okay. Google, is your business fit for sale? I love it. Excellent. Okay, wonderful. Well, look, thank you so much, Mark. Um, And thanks to you, our listener. Um, If you want to make sure you catch any of those links that we're talking about to the quiz or um, in order to get through to Mark at Strategic Transactions, just head over to our website at The Deal Room Podcast com or check out the show notes of course and on our website you'll also be able to download a transcript of this podcast episode if you want to read it in more detail of course there you'll be able to find out how to contact Mark, and you'll also be able to find out how to contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal if you or your clients would like to discuss any legal aspects of sales or acquisitions. Well, look, thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Have you heard of Aspect Legal's partner program? Our partner program is a free program that's open to brokers, corporate advisors, accountants, and any other advisors to businesses who are dealing with organizations that are leading into a sale or acquisition of businesses or shares. As part of our partner program, we offer free access to our legal hotline, which is a support line to our specialist lawyers. We also provide a pre-free sale legal review to buyers and sellers where we educate them about the process and timelines from a legal perspective. And the third element that forms part of this partner program is a match-up database that we run where effectively we're able to connect up accountants or brokers or corporate advisors with businesses who are looking to either sell or acquire. So if you're a partner of ours, you go straight into that partner database and where we can see opportunities to provide matchups, then we introduce you. And the final element of our partner program is ongoing education in the form of seminars, webinars and meetups. And that's something new that we're introducing into the partner program in early 2020. So if you're not a partner, then all you need to do to become a partner is just pop us an email at partners at aspectlegal.com au and just simply say in your subject column, I want to become a partner. It's as easy as that to get immediate access to our free legal hotline and all of those other resources. We look forward to having you on board as a partner. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to The Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au.